on WhatsApp or something like that. It was written by a spirit-filled apostolic young lady. And uh, I'm so thankful for the blood today. I'm so thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for an empty tomb too. Amen. Aren't you thankful on this day that we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord? That we know of a surety He is alive. He is alive and we know He's alive. What a wonderful thing that is. He lives here in me. He lives in me. I'm thankful for that today. Praise God. Praise God. I, I want to go to the Word of the Lord. I, I should probably... Uh, I have this little note over here. I should probably receive the offering or allow you an opportunity to worship in your giving. So I'm going to ask uh, Brother Renee and Brother Patrick to come. They're going to wait upon you today. If you have tithe to return or offering you'd like to give, we want to let you have that opportunity in worship to the Lord. Just pray with me. Lord, we thank you today for the richness of your spirit your anointing that is here, I feel and identify with the anointing of your spirit pouring over our lives even now. God, we exalt you. We seek your face today. We humble ourselves in your presence and we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for your richness toward us. We give as unto you today. Pray that you would be worshipped in our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give as these ushers pass your way today. And uh, as they pass you by, you can be seated. And thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God. Your faithfulness and your finance to the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. I love what I feel in my spirit right now. The presence of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord that's here in just such a gentle way. Uh, if you really love singing, I hope I didn't hurt your feeling and we didn't cut you off today. Let me know. I'll have you sing at the close. Amen. It's good to worship together, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to dismiss uh, the teacher and children ages 4 to 11 downstairs to the classroom. I pray God minister to them and be with them. Let his anointing be upon our teacher and our students. It's an important time together. appreciate our teachers giving time, energy, and effort to those things. Praise God. We'll dismiss children, again, ages 4 to 11. Children ages 4 to 11. Why don't you turn and look at your neighbor and say, he is alive. That's not a small thing. That's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. I'm so thankful. I, I can't imagine. You know, there are people in our world that are devoted to a religion as a God that they know is dead. Or some human being that had some idea of 
religiosity and they they have tombs and figures of that person that is no longer alive and they pray to something they know is dead. I can't even fathom that. I can't fathom that. Brother Joel Garcia was sharing with us uh, after men's prayer yesterday. We were having some coffee and visiting a little bit downstairs and he was sharing with the men and you know he's he's traveled a little bit south of the border and he's talking about some of the things he saw among uh Veracruz and some of the ruins there and how he witnessed a place where they would sacrifice the champion of a game to their god and how men learned that sacrifice was something to be done in a form of worship just the adversary took it and twisted it and so people you know the adversary always tr- always he's not original in any way and so the adversary always creates a fake or a counterfeit or something similar in his attempts to because of course he tried to ascend to receive the glory of god and so he was cast out of heaven so now he just tries to do what he can to be as much like God, and he'll deceive people in that manner. And so people gravitate to believe something because we are created with a hunger for God. It is the spirit man that longs for God, right? We're body, soul, and spirit. And our I've heard it, you've probably all heard it before, people talk about there being a hole in everybody's life that only God can fill. Uh, I, I can respect and appreciate the analogy. I, I think probably the true way to say it would be everyone is made body, soul, and spirit. And your body can be satisfied without God. Your soul can be somewhat satisfied without God. But your spirit can never be satisfied without God. And so as a result, every individual's spirit, that's the whole. It's really the spirit man. They can satisfy their body, and people try to do that, right? We all do that. A lot of us may be going to do that this afternoon. My wife spent a lot of time cooking yesterday, and I'm pretty excited about that. And so um, some of y'all just aren't going to have as good to eat as I am. It's okay. Uh, But that's only going to satisfy the body. And and we can satisfy our soul. we used to sing a song, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. I, I don't know if that's true or not. We, we can, soul is the seat of our emotions. We can satisfy our emotions for a certain time and season. But we can never do anything to satisfy our spirit. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. And if we want our soul to be eternally satisfied, and no matter the circumstances satisfied, then only God through our spirit can do that. And so this hole in people is really the spirit man that longs for relationship with God. And so you find people addicted. You find people grasping things. Go, why do they keep doing that? Why do they keep going to that? Why do they keep this or that or this or that or this? What they're doing is they're trying to feed the spirit. And nothing, they, they're like, man, I, and the body just wants more and more and more. And the soul just wants more and more and more. But unless the spirit man is being fed, there's no satisfaction in life. And so we are created body, soul, and spirit. And so I can't fathom praying to a God that is not alive. 
I don't say these things this morning boasting that we know he's alive. I say these things knowing what a precious gift we have to know he's alive. And I want to share the gospel. Amen. We have this treasure inside earthen vessels. Praise God. So I'm glad you're here this morning on this Resurrection Sunday. Would you grab your Bible and go with me to the book of John? I am not going to preach an Easter message today. Again, I know that shocks many of you. If you've been here any length of time at all, you know I'm not really good at holiday messages. Uh, I, I believe the message. He's alive and well. And uh, But I'm not going to preach the traditional Easter message. Maybe I say that. It is going to be an Easter message. I'm going to be the traditional one. The book of John. I believe the Holy Ghost is wanting to do a specific work in lives today. And if you and I will hear and receive with our spirit the word of the Lord, I believe that there will come revelation and understanding to you that can change your life from today forward. There are some of you that you have places of bondage in your life. And that... By the grace of God and the word of God today and what his spirit is going to do and will do through his word. I believe that those bonds can and will be broken today. I believe that much in this word. And it will not just be for today. If by the grace of God and our cooperation with him. We will receive of him what he would speak to us. It will make it so that his spirit operating in us, we will never be in bondage to those things again. I'd like you to pray with me right now. I did not plan on that introduction, but there you have it. Come on, if you desire the Lord to reach into your spirit this morning, if you would like him to reach in and place some things into your spirit and your life, while at the same time breaking some bonds and bringing deliverance in some areas in your life, would you open your spirit to him and express as much right now? Jesus, we need you. We can do nothing of ourselves, but with you, all things are possible. I trust in you and the work of your spirit and your word. That which is needful in every one of our lives, you have already paid for. That which is needful in every one of our hearts and minds, you have already paid the price for. You have already purchased it. You have already done it. I pray today by the work of your spirit and your word that that which you have already done would be accomplished and fulfilled in men and women that would receive of you in faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Book of John chapter 8 verse number 31. 
John 8, 31. Then, oh, I hear pages. I'll pause. I'll let you. I, I like hearing. No, I'm not picking on you. I love hearing pages turn. It's wonderful to me. Thank you. John chapter 8. If you were on your phone, that wasn't an indictment against you. I was just saying I like the. It's nice to know where something is in the book. And, and I'll tell you, a little commercial while you're doing that. If, if you'll practice reading from a Bible and finding things in a Bible, you'll remember where things are in your Bible. So like you get a Bible you like and stick with it and keep reading in it, using it, marking in it, if, you know, if you don't have some conviction against that. Uh, and, and doing those things, you'll learn. You may not remember exact scripture chapter verse, but you'll remember, you know what? I remember it's it's in this book, and I remember it being on the right side of the page near the bottom. I'm telling you, it will happen that way. Uh, one of the hardest things for me to do was my wife bought me a Bible for my first Father's Day when my oldest son was, uh, after he was born. And so she gave me a Bible my first Father's Day. And, uh, and I carried that Bible. I... I wrote highlight mark, wrote notes in the margins. I, and for his 21st birthday, I, I, literally, I literally wore the cover off that Bible. It had no cover. It looked terrible. I, people would see it and like, man, put something on that Bible. But for his 21st birthday, I sent that Bible off and had it rebound, nice, really fancy lambskin or goatskin, something leather cover, had his name stamped on it, wrote something in front. And I gave him that Bible for his 21st birthday that I'd been using for almost 20-something years. I still haven't gotten over that. I mean, I really haven't. I, saw, I, I knew where everything on every page was. And I tried to go back through it page by page. I had this idea, I'm going to go page by page. I'm going to write and transfer all my stuff over. I didn't realize how much was in there, Brother Zariel. Might have to sneak up in his room and snag it or something. And, but the, the point is, having a physical Bible that you like and you read from and that you enjoy reading from and that you, you, you start marking it, you'll learn the Bible. The Lord will really put it in you. So I, I let's just encourage you. And if you're not sure what kind of Bible to get, talk to me. I have all kinds of ideas. John chapter 8. You should be there by now. John chapter 8 and verse number 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Listen what Jesus says to believers. You with me? These are Jews that believed on him. Listen to what Jesus says. If, everybody say if. There's that big two letter word. If you continue in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed. Now watch what he just said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this in today's English rather than 1600 King James English. All right. If you'll continue in my word. You'll have no issue being my disciple. If you'll continue in my word, everyone will know you're my disciple. If you'll continue in my word, 
you won't struggle being my disciple. If you continue in my word, there will be no doubt you're my disciple. But now watch. Watch this. And, everybody say and. See, that's the continuation. He wasn't finished talking. And you shall know what? You shall know the truth. Everybody say the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth. Everybody say the truth. The truth shall make you free. I want you to see this today. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost already. You shall, not you might, not you could, not maybe, just maybe. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth is going to make you free. doesn't say set you. Some people quote set you. Make you. You may be in bondage right now. In some area. Maybe not completely, but there may be an area in your life or even in my, where there's bondage. Something's holding captive in a corner of our heart or our mind or our life. This place that seems like, man, I struggle. I want to break free from. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It's interesting to me. You ever heard this statement? I just don't know what to believe anymore. Anybody ever heard that? Ever felt that way? Or maybe it's been something like this. Man, I want to believe what they're telling me, but I'm just not sure. Right? I'm telling you, we live in a day and an hour where truth is hard to find. We live in a day and hour. You understand, the scripture tells us of the adversary. He is a liar. And he is the father of all lies. And so we are seeing the evidence of the God of this world all around us. Is it any wonder that truth is becoming I would I almost said truth is becoming more diluted, but you can't dilute truth. The moment you dilute, it's not truth anymore. There's no such thing as diluted truth. The moment it's diluted, it's a lie. But the adversary traffics in lies. But his desire is to make people believe that what he's saying is true. And the adversary, somebody please hear today. The adversary's greatest tool for bondage is to cause someone to think something's true when it's not. And if he can get you to lay hold on something as truth when it's a lie, he has you held captive by the lie. But once you know the truth, the truth makes you free. And so the adversary traffics in lies and he he always takes the word of God and he twists the word of God so that you will look and say, well, yeah, I can get that. I can see that. And he, put, he just taints it a little bit. And so then it's no longer the word of God. 
It's the adversary using the word of God to cause people to believe a lie. Now, I'm going to give you... I, can't, I know we're recording this, but uh, so be it. And pray with me just a minute. Please pray with me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, your wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. All right. I'm going to give you real examples right now today. Okay? How many of you ever heard of the Book of Mormon? How many of you ever read any of it? Okay, don't. Okay? The Book of Mormon was written by a man who said an angel met him in a cave. And there were golden plates. And the golden plates were written on and nobody could read them. Except this angel of the Lord helped him understand how to read them through what he called a seer stone. And he would take his head and put his head inside of a hat where the seer stone was. And that's how he determined what those golden plates said. And from those golden plates, he wrote the Book of Mormon. I'm not making this up. Go study it. You guys are looking at me like you're crazy. Would anybody believe that? Millions in our world believe it. And I can take them to the word of God that says, though, when Paul said, though I or an angel... Preach any other gospel to you than that which you have already received. Let him be accursed. And the Book of Mormon says what he saw is he writes about Jesus Christ came to the earth again. But instead of coming to the Middle East, he came to the Americas. And he visited with Native Americans. And he visited with different tribes and peoples that we've never heard of, that were here in the Americas. And there's no archaeological evidence. There's zero evidence. But millions believe it. Now, if you read it, there are some places in that book that read just like the Bible. Exact same verses. What's happened? The adversary's taken truth, and he has infused it with a lie. And now millions are in bondage to a lie. Now that's a huge example. Okay? Now I have dear friends. That are, I have dear friends that believe that. I am praying for them. I believe I'm in their life for this purpose. You understand? I'm not finding fault with them. They need to be set free. The adversary... From the beginning, Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden. And Satan shows up, that serpent. Remember the story? And he shows up. And he subtly says to her, Hath not God said? Remember that? And Eve's like, well, this is... She didn't know what God said. She didn't know the word of God. 
And because she didn't know what God said, the adversary twisted the word. She believed that he was saying what God said. And then he started adding his own stuff and she believed it. And she took of the fruit of the tree, which God had said, don't eat. He always takes truth. You know, we think, well, no, I won't believe that because it's so far-fetched. He doesn't try to get far-fetched stuff. He tries to get stuff that sort of, man, that sounds right. You ever made that statement? That sounds right. I don't care if it sounds right. Is it right? And the only way I know, the only, the only filter I have to know if it's right is the word of God. I have to know the word of God. The scripture tells us, when we're, it talks about us, you know, we believe in being led by the spirit. You probably noticed that. We believe in being led by the spirit of God. But the scripture tells us we should try the spirits, whether they be of God. How do I try the spirits? Mm, let me see. No. I try the spirits by the word of God. Okay. Some of you may remember uh, a few weeks back, we had a service where there was tongues and interpretation. And I felt the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We need to stop. We need to teach about that for a minute. And we took a few minutes and pointed out the different things in the word that dealt with that. Why? Because we're saying, hey, there's, this was a spiritual work that took place. But we want to make sure you understand what does the word say about that. We want to make sure you understand what you are identifying, feeling with the Spirit. This is how the Word teaches that. This is what the Word says about that. We try the spirits by the Word of God. And so Jesus said, if you continue in my Word, then you are my disciples indeed. I am praying, God, baptize us afresh with a love for the Word of God. Baptize us afresh with a desire to dig in this sacred holy book. Let me to see and find in there all that you want to reveal to me. Show me who you are through your word. Now, what happens is, when I know the word, I can't be deceived. You understand? When I know the word... I can't be deceived. Now, if I were to tell you, hey, God exists in three persons. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy because that would be crazy if you know the word. Right? If you know the word, we understand these. Now, I'm giving you some simple things. You're like, well, yeah, we know that. We know but that's an example of something we know in the Word of God. And so we're not going to be deceived when somebody tries to tell us that. But the adversary is not going to come and try to deceive us with something we clearly know in the Word. What he's going to do is he's going to try to use elements and situations and things that would cause us to lay hold on a lie and believe a lie and thereby put ourselves in captivity. He takes us captive. Rely. You understand, Adam and Eve went into bondage because Eve believed a lie. And Adam didn't speak up when he should have. I know we, we say Eve's the one that made the mistake. Adam. The responsibility was on Adam. Because if you read the Bible that says Eve took of the fruit and then she took and gave to Adam who was there with her. I'm thinking, dude, why didn't you say something? You knew the truth. And you didn't say anything. And because you knew the truth and said nothing, now you're both in bondage. They were cast out of the garden. You remember the story, right? 
truth. The power of truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There is a lie that the adversary continues to perpetuate throughout our world today. And we could go down the list. We could go down the list. The, he, the one he uses all the time with people is you have no value. We talked about this in the first service a little bit. You have no value. You've made too many mistakes. You've fallen too many times. You've faltered too many ways. You've messed up too many times. You're a failure. You're a mistake. You, and so therefore, or maybe you have value, but your value is diminished. You used to be worth more, but now you're worth less to God because you made this mistake or this failure. And so this person over here, they have this much value, but you over here only have this much value. And we start believing that lie. That's a lie. The scripture of God declares your value and my value. It tells us how much are you worth. I have a question. Anybody ever play Price is Right? Yeah, oh, Brother Joey raised his hand. All right, so we have a contestant. <laughs> Sister Stephanie just went to prayer. She's like, oh. Brother Joey, what is the value of this box of Kleenex? Yeah, the, yeah, the value. A dollar seventy-five. Any shoppers in the room that knows if he's near or far? Or? He's within twenty cents. Two fifty nine. I, I don't have a clue. It is Kleenex. It is Kleenex brand with nourishing lotion. So it's probably not. It's you know. It's not. It's not like Dollar General. Right, we don't have Dollar General. It's not Dollar Tree. Okay. So I don't know how much it's worth. But we're we're going to say buck fifty to three fifty somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay. We know the value. Who determines the value? I see, I, 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 no, this is good. I, I like this. The manufacturer, the maker, the seller. But I, I see Brother Johnstone and Brother Renee back there going. They're not saying Brother Johnstone determines the value or Brother Renee. They're saying, who determines the value? The buyer. The buyer, right? If you need Kleenex at home, and I sit these up here, and I say, I have two boxes of Kleenex. Anybody that would like one, 20 bucks a box, come right now. And I'd be like, I'll just stop somewhere on the way home that may be open. I'm not paying. That's not worth what's not worth it to you. But, of course, about a year ago, if I'd have said, hey, I got toilet paper for sale. <laughs> right. The value changed, didn't it? Who determined the value? The buyer. Whatever you're willing to pay, that determines the value, right? I've sold some things in my life, and people said, I can't believe they paid you for that. I said, I can't either, but that's what they paid me. <laughs> they determined the value. Now, here we are. Back with me here now. You understand, the buyer determines the value. And the adversary tells you, your value is diminished. Why? Because, well, I'm just going to stick with the Kleenex, okay? It might be worth 259 now, 
I'm using Sister Mary's price, no particular reason, but I just, that's what stuck in my head. And she's easier to deal with if I get somebody mad. I'd rather get Brother Joey. No, I'm kidding. So, I, so it's worth $259, she says. All right, now we have a scratch and dent cell. How much is it worth? Now, how much is it worth? Looks like an airplane. Some kids have paid me more. You got the point, right? Now, I have a question. If you had a runny nose or a weeping eye, would you still take one of these Kleenex and use it? The container may be damaged. Yeah? The value is not in the container. The value is in that which it possesses. The value is in its function and its purpose. And the function and the purpose of the container was just to hold on to what's really in it. What we're buying, we're not buying the box when we buy this. We get the box with it. But the reason we're buying this is because of what's in it. You understand? Sorry, we probably get it. We'll get a different one up here. For all you OCD people. But watch. You and I, we fell into sin. We were all born in sin. We made mistakes on the journey. Things we wish we could undo that we can never undo. We, God washes us with his blood and guess what? We still make mistakes on the journey. And the adversary comes along and says, you have diminished value. And we forget. Values not determined. This Kleenex box doesn't determine what it's worth. Values determined by the buyer. You with me? How much does the buyer say you're worth? How much does the Lord say you're worth? Here's how much. Calvary. This is your value. See, you're putting your value on yourself. That's the deceiver causing you and I to believe a lie that says my value comes from how well I've lived my life or not. My value is determined by how perfect I am or not. My value is determined by whether I got it all right and I look really good and I got it all in order. That determines my value. That's the deceiver causing you to believe a lie. But when I know the word of God and I read the word of God, I understand the wages of sin is death. The price, the price, the price is death. And so he determined my value and your value by saying your value to me is I'm willing to give my life. And my value isn't more than yours. I understand that because I understand the word of God, what it speaks to me. Now, that's just an example. But some of you are in bondage in your mind because the enemy has caused you to believe you have less value than somebody else in the body of Christ. And it's a lie. 
And, and I can feel some of you going, well, yeah, but. No, no, yeah, but. The value is by the buyer. He determined your value when he purchased you at Calvary. You just determine whether or not you're going to say, yes, he bought me with a price. Therefore, I no longer belong to myself. I belong to him who purchased me. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free. Yeah, but my failure. No, but the blood. Yeah, but my mistake. No, but the cross. He already paid the price. He already paid the price. Somebody please hear me this morning. He already paid the price. He doesn't unpay it. He doesn't turn you back in for a refund. He paid the price in full. I understand the value. I understand he paid because I know the truth. Truth makes you free. And when you and I get in the word of God, excuse me, when you and I get in the word of God, allow the word of God to begin to speak to our life, allow the word of God to become real to us, it begins to tear away the adversary's lies. It begins to expose his lies. He goes, hold on a minute. But the word says, and when you know the truth, truth makes you free he no longer has a hold on you any longer because you realize he's lying to me he's lying to me that's not true but he'll get you he'll try to get you and i to believe this is where he works right if i can plant this in your mind and get you to you know what you got to do you got to take that to the word of god say hold on a minute what does the word say about that This thought that's coming to me, this thought that I keep entertaining about myself, this thought I keep entertaining about my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, my you you feel it, this thought I'm entertaining about life, about this, about that. What does the word of God say about it? You'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. It's why I'm not really a big social media fan. It's filled with untruth. How do We're not going the way I thought we were this morning, but here we are. How is it that how is it that so many people don't know what to believe anymore? I'll tell you why. We fellowship more things that aren't true than we do fellowship things that are true. Now, you may not like the sound of that, but that's the reality for most. Media coming at us. You think the news is true? Well, parts of it, exactly. So that ought to tell you all you need to know. Do you think everything you read on the Internet's true? I know some people that do. Right? No! Right? But we, we take those things in. I'm not telling you you need to, right? I'm not telling you to go live in a box and cut everything off and just you and the Word of God in a box. You understand. But we need to be able to discern the difference between truth and error. And the only way to be able to do that is the Word of God. The word of God, and then as we fellowship the word, we fellowship the author of the word. We spend time with him and his word. And in this place of fellowship with him and with his word, we come to know him who is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's truth. And so when I fellowship him, we spent a lot of time talking about that the last few months. And when I fellowship his word, I know truth. And when I know truth, I'm free. It makes me free. 
It makes me free. The bonds that the enemy had on my mind that said you have no value. You'll never amount to anything. God can't use you. God won't do this with you because once you figure this out, then maybe. All those lies, when you come to know him, you know truth. You know his word is truth. The bonds and the lies of the adversary are exposed. And his weapons are useless. And we are made free by truth. This is the power of the truth. You'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. Now, how do I measure? We've already talked about it. I use the word of God as a means of measuring truth. It's also important. You've heard this before. I can determine the source of a thought by what the thought produces in my life. All right? So like... if. I were to say, close your eyes. You don't need to do that. But if I were to say, close your eyes, and I pass this microphone around and let different people talk, some voices you might recognize, some you might not. Right? And so, you know who's speaking. And so the ones you don't recognize, you're like, I don't know. Maybe I can ask them a question, and that would help me, right? And you learn, okay, I may not know the voice, but based on what, what I'm hearing, that's got to be... Does that make sense? And so... We determine the source of a thought by what it produces in us. If I have a thought and it produces anxiety in me, is that God? Aha. If I have a thought and it produces fear in me, is that God? No. If I have a thought and it brings peace into me, you understand? We determine the source of a thought by what it produces in my life. Now, the Lord can cause anger to rise up in me, but I can tell the difference between his righteous indignation and my temper. In case you need a difference there. All right? One becomes angry at sin. One becomes angry at people. That's for somebody. One becomes angry at sin. The other becomes angry at people. So we determine the source of a thought by what it produces. And so I'm going, hold on a minute. I can tell what that's producing. That's not true. That's not truth. All right? Or if it's producing something in me and I'm like, I know it's true, then the Lord's using it to reveal something that's in me that needs to be dealt with. Does that make sense? And so truth makes us free. Truth makes us free. The battlefield is mine and your mind. Bondage, you know, there's not a one of us that had to go and get a key and get ourselves out of some chains and do that so that we could get here this morning. I don't think, right? Nobody's PO came and let you out and brought you here this morning. We may have had that in the past. That's okay. God do it again in the future. But you, you understand. We're, you say, well, I'm free. I'm talking... Where the enemy binds us is in our mind and in our thoughts. And so he limits God's ability to work through us by putting bondage in our mind. And the only way to break those things, and praise God, it's a powerful thing, is truth. Truth makes you free. Once you know the word of God, is it any wonder that Jesus Christ in the wilderness, when he's tempted of Satan and he's full of the Holy Ghost, we know the scripture said he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was full of the Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit. But when the adversary came and began to speak to him and tempt him, 
Jesus didn't say, by the power in me. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And why? Because when he declared, it is written, the adversary had no way to put him in bondage because he couldn't overcome truth. And truth makes you free. Why do you think that your human nature and my human nature says, man, I, you don't have to raise your hand, but you probably all said this. Man, I, I try to read it, but it's hard for me to understand sometimes. That's fair. Then guess what? Keep digging. Keep digging. Get an Amplified Bible and read it beside it. Get a uh, Bible in basic English and put it beside it. Get any version that helps you read it. Make sure you're checking it again. You know, double check it. Don't just believe everything. You, don't get the Book of Mormon version. Okay. Don't, don't get the JW version. Okay. Because they've edited it thousands of times and they keep editing it. If somebody points out something that proves that Jesus was God manifesting the flesh and they haven't edited it yet, they go and edit it. Truth. But get something that lets you dig in the word of God. Every answer you need is here. Any problem you face can be found solutions in this word of God. And you and I can read this. And the beauty of reading and opening this word, this truth. I know everything I read here is truth. I don't have to go, well, I wonder about. No, no, no. This is truth. Jesus, when he prayed for his disciples in John chapter 17, he said, Lord, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Holy Ghost, when you're baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's called the spirit of truth. And the scripture says the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you and I into all truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The Lord desires that the people of God live and walk in true, absolute, complete freedom. Freedom in your mind, freedom in your heart, freedom in your soul, freedom in your spirit, freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety, freedom from worry, freedom from burdens that would try to weigh you down, freedom that comes from knowing the truth. Truth makes you free. It's why the adversary wants you too busy to get in the word. It's why the adversary makes, makes you tired when you start reading the word. It's why you, you can feel all, all the things. It's why all these things you struggle, you and I, and I'm as human as you. I can be good to go and I can sit down and open the word of God. Man, Brother Johnson, I'm like, whoo, man. I'm... Truth makes you free. The answer for freedom from every bondage of the adversary that we try to place on your mind is found in this precious holy word. Isn't any wonder the scripture says that our minds are washed and regenerated by the word of God? It's the word that does that. Some of you have heard me tell the story. I won't belabor the point of the four and a half years almost that I went through where my mind was just in such turmoil. I didn't know if I could, was going up or down. I wasn't even sure if I could hear the word of God anymore, if I could hear from God. And I, was, and I, I thought at times I was literally losing my mind. The only thing that kept me, I just kept going to the word. I don't know if I was getting anything or not, but I'm, at least I know this is true. I know this is true. 
I know this is true. And so I would just read and read and read and read. I'm like, I know this is true. I know this is true. I know this. Right. It's like naturally I may not be hungry, but if I don't keep eating, I'm going to die. And so spiritually, I may not know nothing may not taste good to me in the natural, right? I'm, but I got to eat even though nothing tastes good. I don't have an appetite. I didn't know if my mind was going crazy, but I knew this is truth. I just got to keep taking in truth. I just keep taking in truth. I got to wash my mind by the word. I got to wash my mind by the word. I got to wash my mind by the word. And then when you and I open the word of God, we can open it and say, God, I don't understand what I'm reading, but I want to. It's the book we can take and we can talk with the author of the book while we're reading it. Try that. When you get to a place, I don't care if you read 20 chapters a day or if you read six verses a day. Just make sure what you're reading is getting in. There was a time where I read the Bible through in 90 days. I don't recommend that necessarily. I just thought maybe you could and so I did. And I'm not saying it had no value. But man, it's like taking a T-bone steak and eating it in three seconds. Right? I mean, yeah, it got in there, but I'm not sure how much it accomplished, and I sure didn't enjoy it. Okay? Look, this Word of God, if you just sit down with the Word, and you're like, you know what? I'm blocking out an hour today with the Word. I don't care if I only get through five verses, but I'm going to make sure that the Spirit of the Lord is able to talk with me about what this Word says. I'm going to let it wash over my mind. I want to understand what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to my life through His Word. I'm not just trying to get head knowledge. I'm trying to get something in my spirit that can only come through the Word. I want truth in my spirit because truth makes me free. Free. Would you stand with me today? It is the design of the adversary that people would not know what to believe today. That's his plan. I remember, and it's probably been six or seven years ago at least, maybe more. I remember the Lord convicted me. You get, some of you have heard me mention more than once uh, that I'm, I'm not a Facebook fan. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not faulting you if you're on there. Uh, we, we stream on there just because people are on there and they can. And I... I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. You got to you know, no more disclaimers. Uh, I was I was on it originally for a little while, and what I realized was there was no longer a way to tell what was true and what wasn't. And I made the statement to some people. I said, "What's happening is." Billions of people are on there now, I guess. One point something billion people, I think. Is people don't know what to believe. And so therefore, people just won't believe anything. You have the other end of the spectrum, right? You have those that believe everything. You're like, oh, my goodness, really? And then you have people that won't believe anything now. And the adversary doesn't care which way people go. He's just trying to dilute truth. Jesus said this through the apostle, I think it was Peter. Speaking of the last days, it said 
that God himself would send a strong delusion. God himself would. He would send a strong delusion and men would believe a lie. And the only reason God would send that delusion is because they loved not the truth. They didn't have a love for truth. And we live in a day and a time when people don't necessarily care so much about truth. They're just in love with information. We read about that in the Bible. You ever read in the book of Acts, Paul went to a place called Mars Hill. And he said it was these Epicureans and these Stoics. And he said that they lived their whole life just simply looking and seeking to find or hear some new thing. It was the same spirit. Same spirit. I just want to hear something new. I want to learn. I'm not even measuring whether it's truth or not. I just want to hear some new thing. It sounds tickle my ear. Sounds pretty good. Oh, that's cool. Hey, did you hear? And then it gets repeated and spread, and nobody knows what to believe anymore. I want to get back to the word of truth. Now, some of you are standing here today. And you're saying, man, what you said at the beginning sounded really good about being free from bondage. And I thought of some specific things in my life. Maybe you're saying that. I'm still waiting on that. Hear me. Truth makes you free. It makes you free. And so we need the grace of God to enable us to lay hold on truth. Lay hold on truth. And we do that through knowing him and knowing his word. Jesus said, I know I said it already. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the spirit of truth. And so we need to find and examine, where am I sourcing all the things that come into my life? Am I sourcing truth or am I sourcing error? Again, you can't live in a box. Understand that. But you have to determine and I have to determine. Hold on a minute. I can't continue to fellowship that. I can't continue to let all that in. It's just not true. It's just not true. It's just not true. And you may think you're greater than that, but if you keep letting it in, the adversary starts putting bonds on your thoughts. And then when the Word of God comes to you, the Word of God has to try to navigate through those things you've got in your mind that aren't truth. And so now you don't believe the Word of God either. And you question the Word of God. But if you will say, God, let truth reign in my mind. Would you talk to him right now? Would you say, God, let truth reign in my mind. Let truth reign in my heart. Baptize us afresh with a love for truth. A love for your word that cannot fail. A love for the things of God. I don't want religion. I want you, Lord. I don't want some idea that sounds good or makes me feel good. I want the truth of the word of God. 
I'll know the truth, and the truth will make me free. Your mind can be set free by the Word of God. In the name of Jesus today, I pray by the power of the Word of God, by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Let every mind this morning that has bonds upon it be set free. I pray let the truth of the word of God expose the adversary's devices and bring deliverance and freedom in the heart, the mind, and the spirit of every child of God that would submit to truth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. 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 Freedom, I pray. Freedom that comes through truth. Freedom that comes through the truth of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Freedom of thought that comes by the power of the Spirit of truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Wash our minds by the Word. Regenerate our minds by the Word of God. Give us understanding today through the Word of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let us lay hold on truth. Let us lay hold on truth. In Jesus' name. I would run everything through the filter of the word of God if I were you. I, I'm trying to be done, but I feel like the Holy Ghost is wanting you to have examples in case you need them. Um... I shared some of this with the men yesterday morning. It's just been in my spirit the last week. Science will always agree with the word of God. Okay? Always. If science disagrees with the word of God, then the science is wrong. Because the word of God is truth. Okay? You can go back in time. Some of you probably know this. Some of you are in the medical field. Years and years and years ago, when people had headaches, they thought the thing to do was poke holes in their head. They would literally, they would get leeches for some sickness, put leeches on people. Is this truth? I mean, true that they did that. Right? They would take leeches and put leeches on people because they thought they would suck out the bad blood and somehow that would help. Well, we hear that now. We're like, oh, that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would they poke holes in their head? I mean, that's going to kill them. Right? They put leeches. That's going to kill them. They're, they're losing blood. All they had to do is read the word of God. The word tells us life is in the blood. Maybe you've heard this before. Did you know for a long, long time they thought the earth was flat? Some of those crazy people are back. <laughs> you knew this, right? And then, you know, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Right? And he found out it wasn't flat. We knew this, right? If you just read the word, you know, they had the word in 1492. If you just read the word, the word tells us that the circle of the earth, they would have known. 
I don't remember what year it was. It's been um, not in my lifetime, but not too many lifetimes before mine. They discovered wind power. You know, they used to not be able to tell the weather, but now they can tell, man, the currents. They talk about jet streams and this cold pressure and this warm pressure and these fronts join, create rain. You read that before? Did you know that you can read in the Word and it talks about the wind traveling on currents? It was already in the Word of God. It was already in the Word of God. The Word is truth. And now we're hearing stuff about climate change, and right? Before long, it's just going to be one long summer. That's that's what, you know, it's going to be one long summer before long. My wife said, praise God, that's all I want is summer. (laughs) But it's not going to happen. Okay? It's not going to happen. Why do I know that's not going to happen? Well, I know because the Word of God tells me. God said in the beginning, as long as the earth remains... There would be summer and winter. There would be springtime, or springtime and harvest. Seed time, I think, is what it says. Seed time is spring and harvest is fall. And he said, as long as the earth remains. So you know what I know? There's not going to be endless summer. As long as the earth remains, there's going to be four seasons. Some of y'all are just going, okay, whatever, Brother Hart. We just have to understand in every facet and aspect of life, truth. What does it make us free from? It makes us free from deception. I'm not going to buy into the world's... Okay, I wasn't going to say this, but here we are. We're now, and I know you want to go home, and I'm trying to let you, but this is eating me up. All right? I'm like many of you. I am done with this whole pandemic. I'm not telling you that there wasn't really a virus. Okay, don't misunderstand me today. I'm not telling you that. I, I believe there was. I, I don't believe everything we've been told about it. And I'm not going to get into all that today. But I do believe this. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. Not will be healed, am healed. You know what that tells me? Even if sickness comes, he's already paid the price for it. And so if I get sick, Brother Joel, there's some reason he allowed it to happen. But he's already paid for my healing, so I'm not afraid. You understand? You say, are you telling me I shouldn't wear my I'm not telling you anything. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just telling you what the Word of God tells me. And so I'm not going to get in bondage to fear because I know what the Word says. See, that's what truth does for us. I'm not going to get anxious or worked up about it because I know what the Word tells me. I really believe he bled and died. I really believe he took stripes on his back. I really believe that those stripes paid for my healing already. I believe that with everything in me. It's truth. And so I'm not going to get in bondage to fear. Because I have truth. It makes you free. It makes you free. Hear me today. And I promise I'm going to let you go. Whatever would come and put fear in your mind. Whatever would come and put anxiety in your mind or in your heart. Whatever would come and cause you to get nervous or worked up. And I'm not beating you up for that. You're human, okay? But anything that would come that way. I'm going to challenge you. When that happens, I want you to pray. God, give me truth in this situation. Give me truth. 
show me how your word of truth would speak to me in this. Because it's not your will for me to be given over to a spirit of fear or bondage or any such thing. Give me the spirit of truth. Let the spirit of truth work in my life. Let the spirit of truth. All right. I just felt this. So I have to tell. I have to share this with you too. For a while, anytime I would travel and I'd go get on a plane or I'd send my kids somewhere, I would be overcome with fear that something was going to happen to my children. I mean, the adversary would come in like a flood. And I, I found myself going, man, should I really send them? Should I allow? I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I need to think about this. Is this really wise? Is this? And I'll, I'll tell you, I sent my daughter to in, I didn't send her, but I let, my daughter went to India. That's on the other side of the world, in case you didn't know. She went to India for almost two weeks without me. Not and oh, by the way, the place she was going to go, they changed because there was a terrorist attack where she was going to go. And so they sent her to it. Yeah, so I'm ready to put her on a plane going to the other side of the world when she's 17 years old. And I had people call me. Now, we had peace when we made the decision that she was going to go. She was going to do missions work. But I had people call me, Brother Lewis. Joel, you you really think it's wise to go ahead and let her go? Or are you going to probably maybe? I'm not saying kick wisdom out the door. You understand? But I knew what I had peace from. I had prayed before we made the decision for her to decide to go. The adversary will use things to try to bring fear into your life. And he'll usually try to bring it in the areas where it's something you value. And so you better know the truth. Sister Annie, you can trust him with your boys. You hear me? You can trust him. He loves them more than you do. He knows right where they are. He's going to keep his hand on them. He's going to take care of them. He's got a plan. We can trust him. And when we know truth... It frees us from the adversary's attempts to put us in bondage. I wish you would reach right now. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to do something in some lives before you leave today. Come on, before you leave today, would you receive what he's wanting to do in you? It's not something we can produce, but it's, it's what he's wanting to do. You can trust him. You can trust him. Truth makes you free. Truth makes you free. Truth makes you free. Truth makes you free. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Truth makes you free. Free from fear. In the name of Jesus, thank you for truth today, Lord. Thank you for the truth of your word. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Order our steps in your word, Lord. Let us hold the truth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you today. I trust and believe that as you continue to seek him in this, he'll continue to lead you in it. I feel like this morning has simply been the planting of seed that the Lord would like us to continue to walk in.
Amen. Praise God. God bless you today. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Thank you for receiving the word of the Lord. I pray you have a blessed resurrection celebration. Go celebrate the resurrection. Amen. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Truth tells me I can pray and he'll bless it and it'll be okay. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.